This is Dan Jurgens. You are listening to and enjoying the Top 5 Comics Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Talk About Comics Podcast, people talking about comics, pop culture, and events. With us today, we have the master of disaster, Josh45. What's shaking? And I'm CBS. As always. Also true. I see, so today we're going to be doing uh, episode number 146. And the books we're going to be going over is going to be... uh, the Rise of Ultraman, number one, from Marvel. Sue and Tai Chan, the free comic day uh, special for 2020. And then the Superman, number 25, from DC Comics. Uh, Superman 25, a giant size special edition, and the uh, Ultraman is uh, also a giant size issue. So, a little different checkpoint-wise, but both big books. So, that's, that's the deal. Uh... Do you want to do a little bit of news, Josh? Sure. What's in the news? What's in the news? Uh, well, as far as things, um, at this point they're saying that Ant-Man's, uh, Ant-Man's villain is looking like King the Conqueror. They uh, cast Jonathan Major to play the part. I don't think they've officially casted him. The most but... recent thing I saw said that, but at the same time, like, everything's so weird in Hollywood, who knows? Yeah, everything I saw was just like that they, they let, they, they previewed him supposedly somehow in Ant-Man 2, but again, and they, I think that they just did a mock-up of what that person would look like if he played their role. But oh, they the pictures? They, yeah, the pictures are definitely like... Well, they, have, they haven't officially announced that he's going to be playing the character yet, but I think that there's rumor that he's going to. I think it's just rumored. Right. Um, as far as like Marvel movies, like at this, at this point, anything is, who knows, up in the air date-wise, but they're saying... So like 2022... Schedule wise, it looks it looks crazy because they're saying Thor is set for February, so Love and Thunder uh, is supposed to be February 11th, and then Doctor Strange is supposed to be in March, so Doctor Strange two. Right. Black Panther two is still on the schedule for May sixth. The grant this is 2022, so it's a ways out. 2022. Yeah. So this is not next year, but the following year. So all these are 2022. All these are 2022 now. So Thor, I thought was going to be a lot sooner, but apparently not. Um, then Captain Marvel two. And there's a suspicion that Ant-Man would be in the winter for Ant-Man 3, but it doesn't have a date, like, at all. Hmm. And as I can tell, nothing's actually been filmed, but the casting of me sells Evangeline Lilly, sells Paul Rudd. They announced a director, but I can't remember what his name was. Um, but that's, so, I mean, that's what 2022 looks like. As far as 2021, if any of this takes and holds, they're saying The Eternals is supposed to be in February, which, other than casting, I mean, there hasn't really been a lot more about that, but as we get to November, I guess that would be the right time to see trailers, so I guess there's that. There is a comic book series coming out that's a uh, five-part that has a crap ton of covers, so if you shop at our store um, and there's a cover you'd like, come see me, because half of them are just orderable. That way I have an idea what you'd want, if you want a special cover. There are other incentives, and of course a bunch of store ones that are things we wouldn't get anyway, but you know. Anyway, lots of covers. It's freaking crazy. Like, almost two pages in a catalog that were just covers. Which is a lot. Um, anyway, uh, so, Chang-Chi is scheduled for May 7th. And then, even though it's Sony Marvel, Venom 2 is scheduled for, I think it was June. And they're saying Spider-Man 3 is November. 
So if any of those dates hold, that's a pretty big year. I mean, it's a handful of movies also. So I guess we'll see if Black Widow comes out or not, and then from there I guess we can don't hold your breath, but look forward to the other ones, hopefully. So, I mean, that's interesting. So, I have a really interesting one. The Suicide Squad actor Joel Kinnaman says that James Gunn's cut of the film is so good that Warner Brothers executives have requested little to zero changes in Suicide Squad 2. Wow. That's pretty impressive. I mean, obviously Warner Brothers has set their bar very low, I'm assuming, but like, and they're not used to having somebody who just does things fantastically. But I can see as a group team movie with like little to no like canon involved and being like, kind of just do what you do. And he was just like coming off of the Marvel thing where he was just like, F F everybody, whatever. I'm going to just be amazing. I'm sure it's probably fantastic, actually. Probably. I can't imagine him making something bad. Well, the amount of cast, like most of the names or faces are things from much bigger other things. So, I mean, I mean, there's a handful that are just like, I don't know, smaller names, but I mean, as far as like cast for pieces that we all assume are going to last like almost no time at all, it's a pretty impressive cast list. So, I mean, well, I mean, the first one had a lot of, I mean, again, just like Justice League, there's a lot of talk that there's an actual director's cut that was supposed to be different and they changed it and this and this and that. And maybe Warner Brothers is like, cool, maybe we're just going to let directors be like, be directors and do their thing and not have to give all these notes and be like interwoven and let them do this, blah, 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 blah. Controlling. And maybe. Who knows? We'll see. I, that'd be really cool if that was the case. Um, on the DC note, I did see that uh, Young Justice has been had a fourth season for the cartoon series, the animated series. They announced they're going to be doing season four. There's no date for it, uh, but the cast list they read off was basically the same cast voice-wise, which makes sense because they're all great. Uh, but they're going to be doing a fourth season of Young Justice. At some point, uh, the announcement came from uh, DC Fandom, so a couple weeks ago when they made the actual announcement. But there's no date, there's no release notes, any of that stuff. They gave a title name, that's pretty much it. So, But that's cool, Young Justice was great. As far as anime is concerned, it was awesome. Uh, Mandalorian's trailer was released, and it looks fantastic. Yeah, freaking awesome. I mean, do we have any doubt, though? At this point, Favre can't do any wrong, man. There's a lot of rumor, though, actually. Like, there's no there's no official announcements or anything, but there's a lot of rumor that Hamill is in this season Ooh. as Luke. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. There's just a lot of rumor about it, so... um, I'm... That's really interesting. I wouldn't put anything past him. Why not? I mean, that's true. It takes place when he, obviously, when he's... Yeah, it's after he turns, in, so he's still Well, around. in exile, but yet not, but yet mm-hmm. kind of, like, we don't know, you know what I mean? It's, this takes place after Return, but before... Yep. Before uh, Force Awakens. So, like, he's, if anything happened at that point, like, he could just be out and about, doing his thing. That's an interesting... I mean, that'd be really cool if he was, even if, even if it was just, like, a weird cameo or something else. That'd be cool. I mean, I, anything that puts Mark in front of a camera, I think, is great. So, and everything Favre's done, as far as like movies are concerned, kind of ever had been awesome. So, yeah, I, if season one is any indication at all, it should be just great. The fact that we're on season three is awesome. So, that's really well. Cool. They're they're already they're already yeah like. 
pre-production for yeah for season three yeah the only thing that was that was waiting to be done was season two CGI stuff and all that's been done during COVID so they shot the whole thing before the whole shutdown so like timing wise kind of awesome couple comic book things maybe sure you got another piece that connects to that um comic book wise um you go first Okay. I gotta, I gotta go back. I have two separate, like, note liner things. So I have, like, my movie section and my comic book section. You go first. Sure. Um, so TMNT's The uh, Last Ronin, number one, has had its date moved again. Uh, now it's supposedly coming out October 28th. So for all you that are waiting for The Last Ronin to start, date wise, it's been moved twice now. So and I'm not entirely sure why that is. But as the thing currently is scheduled for October 28th, so. I guess if you haven't put your order in for it yet, you can still, because it, it also extended the order dates, which might be what the deal is, too. They, they held the dates for people to put more orders in, I guess. I don't entirely, I don't entirely understand why that is, but if you're wanting it still, you can still call and get ahead of the uh, cutoff for it, so you should probably do that. So that's cool. So I guess a, this is kind of a weird one. Um, in the new issue of Thor, Thor number seven, Tony Stark's phone number is chiseled into Thor's hammer, oh, but yeah. actually the phone number works. Oh, hammer, what? Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure what goes on, but it supposedly you can call it and it does a thing. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Huh. Okay. Sounds then. interesting. Sounds funny. I mean, they're obviously teasing, like just joking around. Oh, yeah. Thing, but it's also... I mean, I don't want to, like, ruin, like, the mystery for anybody, but there's a lot of, like, these text things now. Like, you can, like, sign up for, like, someone's, like, Dave, Sh- I'm just picking, you know, just some celebrity, like, the, all these celebrities got these phone numbers where, like, pe- right. like fans could text them and they can text back. Yes. Kind of thing. But it's just, like, it's a, actually, Ashton Kutcher started the company. It's his company. Like, and, uh. A lot of people signed up for it and got in a lot of things. So I, th- it's, I would assume it's probably something like that, but it's probably like Marvel worked out some sort of deal and it's pretty neat. Like, like has some sort of message or this or that, or like texts back this thing or this, that, and or it gives updates to certain stuff. But anyway, I don't quite know, but I do know that the number works. That's funny. That's actually pretty hilarious. When I saw that, I didn't even think about trying the number. <laughs> so clearly I don't fit in the current time frame. but yeah, that's actually hilarious that it works. And say, yeah, I get text messages every once in a while for Stephen Mill because of something like that. It's weird. Other than that, that's all I have, man. There's right. not a lot. Um, see, like, a couple more things. So, uh, Batman Catwoman has got a release date. Uh, it's going to be 12-issue miniseries. Uh, if you were reading previous Batman, you know, Tom King left at number 85, and he was going to continue the Batman Catwoman love story arc in a separate book. Whether this is going to land continuity or not, it kind of, we're not sure. Because some writers say yes and other writers say no. So that's weird. Um, as a thing, thing is really cool about it. I mean, it's going to be a 12-part miniseries, which King has done a few of those. He did a uh, Vision for Marvel. Uh, he's currently doing Strange Adventures for DC. Before that, he did uh, Mr. Miracle. And like his 12-part stuff is really pretty great. Uh, Clay Mann is doing the art for it, who's also fantastic. So, like, that stuff's great. Um, thing is really cool about the story itself is that, uh, we're gonna be getting an appearance of a fan favorite, which is, uh, 
Andrea Beaumont. And I know you say, who the hell is that? I, it's the Phantasm from the Mask of the Phantasm anime oh, right, 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 right. which she has not appeared in any of the main continuity comic books ever. She did appear in the animated adaption comic, so when they did the comic book of the movie, she's in that, but she's not in anything else. So, while it's not technically a first appearance, because the movie adaption would be, it's a first appearance in regular continuity, so that's really pretty cool. What issue that's going to be in? No idea. Um, I, I'm guessing three, but I don't really know how quickly we're going to get to that part of the story. But as far as the character, Phantasm was freaking awesome. Yeah, so, it was a really cool story arc. Yeah. It was really... It was, you know... Okay, to be fair, I don't want to, like, again, deflate him, but he's, like, mystery, magical, funness, but, like, it was very Dick Tracy. The Dick Tracy oh, film yeah. with, like, Madonna being the blank or blank or whatever... Or whatever it was, it was, like, blank, it was yeah. very similar, very similar, but it was really, really cool though. Nonetheless, it was like, you know, Batman animated series did things that were just unbelievable and cool and fun. And that's why it's still so revered. But like, yeah, Mask, Mask the Phantasm was fantastic. Heck yeah. But they did, they did kind of steal that whole thing from Dick, oh, the yeah. Dick Tracy movie. As far as the setup. Well, yeah. I mean, most people would even put the, after I say that, oh, oh yeah. Okay, that makes sense. But it was a good idea. It's a good thing. Oh yeah, taking I mean, taking a slight love interest and turning them into the villain, like it's like you're like. Uh. Well, the pieces, like the other piece of that part, the, the story, the cop that the phantasm added is that her father was a crime fighter type, just like Batman before, and her whole reason. So it's almost like the two of them had a similar path, because like her dad gets dead, and then she removes herself from Gotham for a long time, and eventually she comes back to get revenge on the criminals that killed him. But she's like, kill your revenge. Or Batman's like, put you in jail and punish you. So, like, the two of them are similar cloth, but not the same, which is really pretty cool. But, yeah, the whole reveal thing to pull off. Well, I mean, they brought in yeah. Harley Quinn, though. Harley Quinn came from the animated series. Why, would, why couldn't they bring in another villain from that? Oh, they can. It's not a matter of that. It's just this one hasn't happened yet. And the Phantasm's is- been around for... God, when did that movie come out? It was the last movie they put in theaters as an actual theater release for the animated stuff. Everything else that's happened after that has been, like, fandom events or something. Because they haven't put another one in regular theater theatrical release. That was the last one as a regular release. Um, but yeah, as far as the thing, the fact she hasn't showed up in the comic books yet is kind of crazy. So that's freaking awesome. The last piece that I really had after that, there's still talks. So back in 2000, well, 2020, like it's over. So back in February, they solicited a series for Silk, like a new ongoing series, mm-hmm. the other Spider-Girl. And there's been talk about a TV show possibly coming from that. Apparently, the talks of the TV show are back on. The series itself never came out because of COVID. It hasn't been resolicited, but apparently they're talking to the writer again about it. So what that means entirely, I don't know. But as a thing, I mean, that's cool. She's a cool character. So if she was to get her own birth into a TV series or something, I think that's neat. And make her first appearance in Amazing Spider-Man could become a lot more valuable. But yeah, as a thing, Silk, really cool. Doesn't have the same legs as Gwen does. Uh, just because Gwen fits in a different category. But I'd like to see her get another series that was ongoing and not just set up as a maxi or a miniseries. That'd be pretty cool. So I guess we'll see if it ever actually happens. But there's been a lot of talk about that thing. Enough that it showed up in a bunch of news feeds. But no real answers, no real anything, except that apparently part of the series is written, I guess. It's kind of hard to do comic book news, because it's like, one, it's like, if I say anything, it could potentially ruin comics. Two, it's people that is pulling, like, 
information from previews been like, oh, in three months, this thing might happen. Right. You know, there's just, it's just harder to comic news, kind of. It's a different kind of beast than yeah, regular movie you're news. You're right. You're right. Well, just the news in general. Yeah. We could talk about, you know, Captain America and his, his, uh, his photo slip, but we, yeah, just make, like, let it be. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. kind of, like, that's comic book news technically. I mean, it is. It, it is interesting the way the world responded to it, where they respond to other things very negatively. So, yeah, like, everybody's like, pray for Chris. Hashtag pray for Chris. It's like, really? It's weird. Yeah. How about the fact that all sorts of people accidentally let their things slip and nobody cared or were totally into it and then... Or it happened in the Batman comic book and now Batman Dam is one of the most expensive books that's less than three years old. Yeah. yeah. Which is so dumb. They did it on purpose. But if you, <laughs> if you want to hear a deep dive into that, listen to um, the next episode of Never Been Done Podcast because uh, we'll deep dive into that for sure. So, and if you don't know what we're talking about, just Google Captain America. <laughs> I mean, I guess it'll come point, up. It's like Twitter. It, I guess he finally spoke today about it or something. But you know, honestly, I don't care. The memes are funny. Yeah, there's a yeah, there's a lot of funniness around it, which I think is if you can just laugh at yourself for being like, "Whoops," sure, then whatever. But I mean, I remember like the singer for Paramore. She did it. And then there was like she did it on accident. Like she was trying to send to her boyfriend, actually tweeted it, and then everybody was like, "Oh my gosh, the singer for Paramore!" And she, you know, they were kind of like the. They, I mean, they weren't actually part of Disney, but they were kind of like the Disney pop punk. They were like, like the safer pop punk band. It became like a huge thing. But like, um, you know, then there was like, there was a bunch of like hacks and stuff to people's like iClouds and like a bunch of celebrities. Yeah, got that's their, a different thing altogether. Though. Yeah. So, I mean, that was definitely different, but like, but, um, like, like Chris was definitely not. He was an accident. He messed up, right. which is whatever. So anyway, if you want to deep dive into that, hit it, like check out Never Been Done podcast. But uh, that's not really going to waste our time on that tonight. Yeah, it's a different kind of thing. Um, so as far as news, I think that's all I really had uh, news wise. How's um, your week, man? You okay? Man, it's a little crazy. Well, the world's crazy. So world's yeah. crazy for sure, man. Sorry, we sorry, everybody. We skipped a week. It was kind of on me. Like uh, things been a little insane work wise, and a couple other things. Just like I had to work last Wednesday, and that's when usually on CBS we've been doing this thing. But um, yeah, we did. We had to skip a week. That's on me, not on CBS. He's been he's been awesome. I had books ready for me, but we have some good ones tonight. We did like he like CBS explained. We have two double size issues, so. Um, right. Instead of five, I have two two double size and like a then a free comic book day one, which the free comic book day one is very adorable. So I'm pretty excited about that. But um, I'm gonna do Superman. Cool. But, but do you want me to go last? Or you want to go first? Or um, do this? You can go first. Let me go first. Okay. Yeah. Just to let you know, there will be spoilers. Who's Superman first? So like Superman twenty five is a extra size anniversary issue. Um, regular regular Superman, I guess. Um. It's funny that they make twenty five an anniversary issue, but in these this in this day and age, making it twenty five issues kind of kind thing. of unheard of. Well, it's it's normal. Like I don't know, even in the old days, like when you hit twenty five, you hit fifty. Usually seventy five, there'd be like a bigger issue. Hundred definitely was bigger, but as a thing, it's not unheard of. It's just right now, there's so many series that right. start and re- re- restart a, and stop, start, and, stop, yeah. canceled this, that, whatever. But anyway, this book introduces a newer character. New character and a new race, really, that I've never heard of before, but supposedly this is like kind of the first thing is they're called the Sinmar. And, uh, it opens up with one of the Sinmar running down a hallway and he yells into this, the chamber of the elders, the, 
the planet Krypton exploded, and all the elders are like, we know, sit down. And then it, it gives a list of everybody. It's like the Secretary of State, the Chief of Sciences, the the Communicator, the Judge of All, the President, the Vice Chair, the Life of Poets, all these different interesting things. And they, they all explain to him that, like, yeah, this thing's happening. And he's like, wait a minute, this thing's happening right now? Oh, yeah, he's completely freaking out. Like He, th- he thought that it had already happened, and, right. and, but it's like it happened right now. It's happening right now. And then all of a sudden, like, something leaves, and they're like, oh, uh, uh, being left, and it's on its way to this place, and this place is Earth. And they're like, we need to keep an eye on that because, like, oh, it uh, has Soul a yellow Survivor? sun. And mm-hmm. and this ma- this main character who kind of places this whole thing is just like, what, what's what's the yellow sun after this? Like a Kryptonian and yellow sun makes them basically omnipotent. They become a sun, um, like a a sun god basically, or something. Right. Like they have a name for it, and um, so they're like, we need to keep an eye on this thing. And well, when they talk about Earth, they talk about a primitive culture. With they even have their bathrooms inside their houses, and they're all like grossed out by it. Which yeah, which happens later in this, but yeah. But they call him a light. They're like he'll become a light god because they're right. they, they basically worship the light and the and light, and they become light beings. And their like, their people do, yes. yeah. So mm-hmm. the Sinmar do. But they also um, seem to exist outside of normal time because apparently they can view things happening. No, I think that's a I think that's a backtrack. Is it? Okay. Yeah. What what? How I read this was that this is like the Sinmar's view of when Superman when Krypton exploded and like they're they're aging and all that kind of stuff how how it happened from their point of view is oh, okay. how I read it that because because then it goes back to like you know it starts with Clark running up to Lana and Lana's cheerleading and he's just like hey like you guys looked really good today and she's like whatever we're we're cheesy and whatever and he's like hey what do you think about the dance and she's like you know Clark like I really love you and I care about you as a person I don't want you to embarrass yourself and like I'm already going with somebody else and I don't want it to be a thing you know, I really care about you, and we're good friends, and this and this and that. And then she kisses him on the cheek. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's high school time. And, and just definitely just destroyed him. Oh, yeah, shut him down completely. And so um, then it flashes back to um, the Sinmar fighting um, Thangarians, like the Hawk people. and um, It's look freaking awesome. Yeah, but you also kind of get, like, the Thangarians kind of also... Are very warlike people. Oh yeah, like, they're not good people necessarily. Depends on the ones. They're as a thing. They're, well, it kind of depends on what they're fighting. Yeah. it's like they, they're kind of like the. They're a warring race. That's for sure. Right. It's kind of like in Marvel with like the the Kree and the Scroll, and it's like sometimes. Yep. It's just it's very similar. Flip flops. Who's bad? Who's good? I mean, the Rand Thanagar War was a big thing too when it happened. So, but yeah, it's uh they they flip flop from sides, and the same thing with like. Even if you reference back to like the uh, just like animated series, like Hot Girl's whole point was to be here to figure out how to overthrow Earth, and right. then of course it turns out that she's got a heart of gold, and blah blah, you know, yeah. blah blah. Anyway, but yeah, it, their suits look really cool. So then it goes back to the Sinmar, and one guy specifically named Eisno Alcor, and he's just like. Um, some, some other soldiers like, Hey, I don't core, like the queen, like the president's here and, and he kneels and she's like, um, you know, we're looking for a volunteer to be this, this specific person. And just like, and he, and this one, this main character is like, am I in consideration? And he's like, you're the only consideration because the way that his heart is and his, his purity and how he feels about his people and all that kind of stuff. And, um, they're like, all right, let's do it. He's like, I accept. And I'm asking for, your full dedication to all this. And then he's like, all right. And then it goes back to Smallville again, kind of, but not really. 
kind of flashes back and forth, but this time it's Lana, because this kind of follows Lana, not not necessarily Clark, but it does, but it, he's It follows it. both of them, but yeah. But she's at um, the Daily Star years later on TV, and she's, at this point, she's a doctor, and she knows all these things, and then, like, they want her on TV to be able to basically be a pundit against these people who are idiots and, like, just talk trash, because she, like, I guess, totally tore somebody a new butt. And like, uh, like you know that Fox News, CNN style, like um, yeah, different they, p- different people arguing, having conversations. She like just totally ripped this guy a new one, and so they're like, "That's why we want you." And she's like, "All right, cool." And um, as they're standing there talking and um, doing their thing, um, Superman and Lex Luthor are in a battle all of a sudden outside the window, and they're like, "Everybody, get their cameras out and do this thing." And uh, they find a Superman exclusive that doesn't lose those things exactly. And then all of a sudden, like she's like, got her phone out. And you can see Superman look right at her through her phone. And I was thinking at this point, she knows that Superman is like Clark and Super, like are the same person. Everybody does. Well, he I don't. At himself. this point, I don't know. Like yeah, I know, no, but I mean, at this age though, because I think it's still going through time. I think at this point, she does know from early on. But this isn't. He hasn't revealed himself yet. So, so they're like. She, I think at this point, he was like, "Oh my gosh, you're a Metropolis," kind of thing. So, and then it goes back to the Sinmar. And um, the president is, like, talking about how Superman is just not what they thought he was going to be. He's, like, he cares about the people, and he, he doesn't – he c- considers himself a humanist, and he uses power for good, and he just wants to help everybody. And they've given Eisner Alcor the title of Commander of the Command – and they're just kind of talking about Superman, like, oh, we don't have to worry about this. They're going to worry about this. And then another person on the council is like, well, maybe we need to send somebody to, like, maybe, like, tell Earth what's up. And, like, like the Thangarians have done to us, and we can't let them take the Earth to do what they did. And then they're like, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. And they're like, well, we should. We need to do that. And, like, she's like, the president's like, no, we are not doing that. Enough said. And, like, they move on. And then it goes back to uh Earth, and Lana is in... Um, Lois and Clark's apartment, apartment. John's apartment, mm-hmm. and they're like sh- she's showing he's showing him pictures of like John and him growing up and Lois and them doing things and yada yada. And he periodically she's asking about like how his parent, his mom is doing and things like that. And uh, she's like, "How is Lois? What's up?" And he's like, "Hold on." And she, he like checks like Clark like checks, and it's just like oh she's on assignment, and it's just like. Oh, she's okay with that kind of thing? So, like, no, she asks me to do that. They're like, oh, that's really adorable. I can't believe you guys are so cool. Which is, I mean, Lois and Clark are true love. It's pretty yeah. rad. And then, um, and you can tell that Lana's, to me, being a little shady. She's kind of like, hey, you're Superman and I'm a, hey. Uh, she's had some weird, there's there's a Bachelor story before this, which I don't, I don't know if you even saw them. Um, there was a Superwoman series for a while. Oh yeah, she, but that, that comes up. That comes up in this. It does. So it goes back to the Sinmar, and at this point, the president has like relinquishes some of her power and a bunch of power from all a bunch of the elders, and um, give it to um, Eisner Alcor, which I'm, I I got to keep going back to the name. It's, it's, it's brand new, weird. brand new stuff. It's cool. Yeah, but they turn him into the Sinmar um, Utopica, is what they call him. Um, basically he's like this massive general of their armies, this like super powered hero kind of thing. And they just, they just instill all everything onto him. And the president kind of like goes into like a dormancy. It seems like after giving a lot of her power up and it's like, I trust you with whatever you do. And, um, he just, he still just has this thing where he like, 
I just care about our people. Like right. ju- again, no matter what, like they're like gave him all this power. He's like, I just still care about all of our people. And, um, a lot of people are like, Oh, you could do this and you could do that. And he's like, I just care about our people. Right. He tries to get led certain directions by the general. Yeah. Uh, who's gen- the general's name? I don't remember, but yeah. I don't think they really, I mean, I'm sure they do say, but I'm, I didn't really know, yeah. notice it, but they mentioned on that first page with all the different check marks, but as a thing, the only one that really matters is him. But then they go back to earth and it's like a cruise ship that's sinking. And then like all of a sudden some crashing in to fly in to save the day. And it's Superwoman, which Lana, I've, for a little while, was endowed with some superpowers. And she rescues the cruise ship and she's got this red and white, really cool costume with her red hair and her red glowing eyes. And she's got kind of like fiery. She looks like Phoenix kind of like. Is a little Phoenix, except more more pink than red, but yeah, which is cool. Like I like it; it's neat. But like I remember, like it only lasted for a little bit, and then uh, but this again, this is a flashback because it's going through time slowly. And uh, you know, Superman shows up. And he's like, "Hey, I'm here. Just I'm just here to help. You did a good job. Like you, yeah, I just I just was kind of passing through." And uh, they talk for a minute, and she rescues everybody, and then uh, um, somebody asks, "Like, is that your wife? You guys should you guys should have super babies." And Superman's like, "Oh, what?" <laughs> yeah, and then it goes back to like them sitting in like Clark's ap- Clark and Lois's apartment, and they're like chatting some more about some things and um about how you know she feels she still feels like phantom dreams and phantom feelings of like flying and having the powers and right. and like and then Clark's like yeah Lois used to feel those too kind of thing, but he basically was talking about Lois used to have the dream like Lana talks about falling a little bit and he's like yeah Lois and she's like well Lois is used to falling I, I took that as kind of a jab. From Lana, a little bit. Maybe. Um, but anyway, as she walks away, she's kind of like looking at pictures and looking at things, and she's like picked up a yearbook, and in the yearbook, it's her in the pr- as a prom queen and the prom king and her friends, and then she looks in the in the background, and it's Clark, and he's like sad because he was in love with her. Yep. I mean, he was. It was his first love. And then he like looks at, you know, Lois and him now in another picture, and she's like, oh my gosh. And I think that she, to me... She gets the feeling of like, I think I kind of love this guy, but I think it's kind of like too little, too late kind of attitude. It's like, man, Regret. I could have had him way back then, and now, yeah. now what do I do? Sure. And, uh, Re- regret scenario. And then she asks him what he's afraid of, and uh, he's like, he's he's basically afraid of the unknown of like what could happen to the people that he loves. It's basically right. how he says it. Like, and he doesn't say it in like in that little. He says it in a different way, and then it goes back to. Um, Sinmar and um, Eyes Don't Alcor is just sitting there, and he's just kind of staring off into like basically a field, like a like a would be a cornfield, and um, Galana, like the basically the president, kind of comes up and was talking to him, and he's just like, I just I regret a lot of things that I've done, and I don't like it, and that makes me feel sad, and. He just talks about being that he doesn't he doesn't like the violence he like he wants to help people and stuff like that and so this is the part actually where she endows him with even more power and it's like I'm gonna give you the rest of the power that you need to be as great as you can be and uh, she's like calls him the defender and then they're under attack and that they must answer and then um, all of a sudden he sees like a bunch of destruction and. He's like, I need to, what happened here? What do I, I need to do this thing? I need to like be prepared kind of. It's, and then all of a sudden a bunch of Superman things start flowing and he's like, 
he, he, he comes upon a bunch of like of his own people that are dead. And he's like, I should have been there. I should have been there. What's happening? What? And then like, you should have been our, like, and these people, these people are dying. Like you should have been our Superman. He's like, what's the Superman? So I think that like, um, that's how the book ends. And it's, to me, like the the title or the cover of this book shows that it's going to be a new like villain, but I almost wonder if it's going to be like a new person that Superman like kind of takes under his wing because he I think there's nothing bad. They never says anything bad about Superman, and it. it just talks about how like you know it's going to be like maybe this this guy can really look up to Superman because he has the heart the whole time. He just like they keep trying to throw more stuff at him. And he's like I don't want to be this general murderer all these Sangarians. Like I just want to help our people. And I think that, like, at the end of it, he's just like, what's, you know, what's the Superman? Like, I think it's going to be, like, Superman's going to be like, hey, man, this is how things are. Like, and like, I think it'll be neat. I think it'll be cool. It'll be interesting to see what the next issue does and what direction they go with it. Because it is pretty crazy. And, like, the flashes will be through different time frames. I kind of wonder if the end section is not a different time frame also. Like, it doesn't poise it as a different time frame. But the way they're, like, viewing everything through the light and, like, watching Superman do things, I kind of wonder where it lines up time-wise. Because it's not super clear about that part, but it's definitely interesting. So it'd be cool to see where it does, I mean. As a thing, writer-wise, book-wise, art's really good. Uh, the writing's the writing's good, too. The parallel between the two things is kind of neat. I can tell you that the aliens look way more nor- like each other than... I guess I'm a, I'm a speciesist, I guess. I mean, I felt like that they were kind of drawn kind of a little kind of funky. Like, it was like they kind of changed every... I mean, even the characters that they repeated, like, were a little bit different every time. That's kind of my only complaint. It's a really neat book. I like how they, like, focus on Superman as a person. Like, um, you know, Clark as a person. Like, when they just try to keep throwing a new, bigger, badder bad guy against Superman, it doesn't work. But when you like really deal with his like humanity and who he is, who he truly is, and stuff like that, that's what makes good stories. And I think that that's really cool what they do in this thing. It shows humanity and what he could really be. Like, sure. That's how I. That's how I took that. Like, I thought I thought it was neat. Like, I give it a. I get a four out of a five. Cool. Score wise, yeah, I give it a four also. Like, I, I did like the art and the. Like I said, the, the aliens have a. You can tell the difference between certain ones, but certain other ones, it, it gets rough there. So, speciesist, I guess. But yeah, story-wise, the art's good. Story's good. I mean, I like all the flashback stuff, and I like all the parallels between the two of them. So, I think that's really neat. So, it'll be interesting what 26 does. I mean, as a thing, it'll determine whether he's a good guy, bad guy, or what he's doing. Oh, I didn't actually say, did we talk about who did this? No. That's my bad. I always forget. I get excited again on the story. This is my, that's my bad. So this is that. Usually you're really good. Brian McAbandis wrote it, and Ivan Reyes penciled it. Right. So, um, but again, yeah, you, like you said, the art's super, super good. I like the way that they draw Lana a lot. Like they do her really, really well. Um, and I Superman to me is I'm really picky on who draws Superman, and they did a really good job in this one too. I just was where the aliens kind of they're just their faces are a little funky to me. Because they're, they're supposed to be aliens. The yeah, but they're all similar, but they're all different. And it's like, I feel like they kind of like, ah, they, they're trying to make the main character like kind of like evolve, but they kind of, I, I don't know. And they, when they show emotion, like it's like the tears are light. So it was kind of hard to, it's a neat idea. It was just kind of hard to see what, where they're going. Like, I'm interested to see it, how like, how it evolves. Right. So. Right on. 
Uh, let's move on to the uh, Sue and uh, Tai Chan. It's a free comic book day special um, with uh, Kodansha Comics. It's about two cute ki- cute little kitten cat things. Um, it's, it's broken down in chapters. It's supposed to be a really cute, fun thing. It's about an old cat and a young cat. Right. And the old cat is white with gray, and the young cat is black. And it's a Japanese comic. Konami Kanada is the creator, but also the translations by Mel- Mel- Melissa Tanaka, and the lettering has been done by Phil Christie. So it's supposed to be connected to the Chai Sweet Home, apparently, which I didn't even know what that was before, but now it's a thing I know. So, so it's about a guy who um, somebody on the street was like, "Hey, take this cat, take this cat," and she's like, "No, no, 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 I have one at home." He's like, "No, take this cat; it needs a home." He's like, "Okay, fine, I'll just take him for now." And she's like, he comes home and he's like, "Sue, Sue Chan." And it's, uh, Su, Su Chan is the old cat. Right. And obviously, and then, um, Tai Chan is going to be the kitten. But anyway, and Sue is a 17 year old grumpy cat, which, what's funny, because I have an old grumpy cat that's just as, this is old and grumpy. And, uh, brings this little black cat home and sets it down. And it's like, it has the crazy eyes and it's drawn very adorable. It's got the, the Japanimation kind of style look and, um, he sets the box down and the cats sniff each other. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of dialogue between the cats. So, um, just kind of flow through this. Sure. But basically the cat, the kittens is like, who are you? I love you. And the old cat is like, why are you in my house? You're new. I don't understand you. And the kitten gets out and it's just like running around asking the old cat where it's at, what it's all about. And he's like, yo, you're at this place. And this is going to be fun. And like, you like, yo, you'll only be here for a day. So it's not a big deal. And the, and the, it's like, I don't understand what's going on. It's so crazy. And I'm sad and I'm, I'm a kitten. And he's just like, it's good. And the old cat's is like, you're going to be okay. And like rubs its head. And so like, things are going to be all right. And, and then in the box, there's a, there's a little name tag that says, hi, my name is Tai Chan, which means cause he brings good tidings. Ha 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 ha. Like T-A-I, tidings. <laughs> Get it? Yeah. Um, and, it's like, hey, Sue, it looks like you have a friend for a little bit. And then, like, the next one is, like, the kitten's just, like, in Sue Chai's name. Like, Sue Chan's just, like, f- grilled. It's like, like, hey, how's it going? It's kind of like, the, hey, Spike, what's up, Spike? What's going on, Spike? Right. Or, like, normal to Garfield kind of thing. And, you know, Sue's just like, I'll deal with it. And, you know, she's old and kind of barely moving and doesn't move a lot and likes to take a lot of naps. And the, cat, the kitten's just, like, in her grill, like, let's play, let's do this. It's like, no, let's just take a nap. And the kitten is just like... Okay, let's take a nap. Then it's like, okay, now what are we going to do now? And it's like, oh my gosh. And, um, and they're like just running around being crazy and like getting on the back of the chair and freaking, you know, sue out some more and jumping on her and just being a maniac. And it's just like, it keeps talking about how Sue's old and doesn't like, can't move very much and stuff like that. And they're, they're kind of doing like the cat noises, but also doing words too. So it's like, <laughs> it's like that, but it's oh, yeah. also like, what are you doing? Quit doing that. Don't do that anymore. It's like the I'm tra- not playing with you. I need to take a nap. Right. It's like the translations right there. It's hilarious. Yeah. And, and then it's like, then the guy, the owner's mom calls and is just like, well, hey mom, what's going on? Like, I brought a kitten home today. The, the mom asks how Su Chan is and she's like, oh, she's good. But, uh, but there's a kitten and it's like, oh my gosh, are you sure she's okay? Cause like, you know, she, they know that she's old. Right. And, uh, like, yeah, I think she's all right. And the kitten's just a maniac. And then it goes to the, the the bathroom where the litter boxes are, and like you know, Sue's in there like doing her thing. And then all of a sudden, he puts in the little kitten's litter box, and the litter the the kitten runs in. And is like, 
Starts rolling around being all crazy, just like, oh my gosh, what's this thing? He's like, no, 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 that, that's a toilet. You don't play what in that. What are you doing? We don't, we don't roll around <laughs> on that. And then, then, he, then the kitten jumps into hers and is like, what? and she's like, what are you doing? That's mine. You're so crazy. And then all of a sudden they, he's like, no, this is what you do. And the kitten's like, oh. And they're like, they both, like, Sue and, like, the owner both kind of cheer for the kitten. It's super hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, really good job, you figured cute. it out. Yeah. It's really funny. And then, like, they're like, Sue's laying on the carpet, just kind of hanging out, and the kitten's running, running around, like, Mew, Mew, play with me, play with me. Come on, play. And it's like, okay, okay, just a little bit. And kind of, like, walks with him a little bit, and the kitten jumps in a uh, uh, Kleenex box, and then, like, Sue's kind of laughing, like, stepping, like, kind of gingerly, because she's old. And then, like, the kitten's being all crazy and runs in a bag and then runs out of the bag and, and then runs into the bag and gets caught with the bag and chases after her. And all of a sudden, Sue's running and playing and running and playing like the kitten and, uh, and is, like, laughing and, like, but, like, kind of, like, sweating and breathing hard, kind of, like, yeah, cartoon sounds like, I can't take this. And that's kind of how it ends. And it's just like, you just know that this is, like, it's adorable because it's like a kitten, like, making an old cat feel young again. And it says, to be continued in Sue and Taichan Volume 1. Right. So yeah, when he gets caught in the bag and pulls the bag after, it's like they freaks them both out. So they're both running from and, the and bag. I, and, and I think that it's, I think that the young one's a boy. Maybe. Yeah, you can't, it doesn't really yeah. sound, but Sue's definitely, oh, definitely a girl. Lady, yeah. But yeah, whether the, whether the kitten's a boy or not, I don't, they're not very specific about that. But Sue, of course, means a girl's name, so it's fine. But yeah, it's, it's pretty cute. And like, the art's cute. And like, I don't know, drawing animals is crazy anyway. So. But it's fun, and for like a free comic day book, I mean, anybody can read it. If you like animals at all, it's it's a pretty fun book. As far as the thing, I'm I'm actually kind of interested in like trying to see about picking up the volume, mostly for like Christmas presents for a couple of people because they that's what they like. So, and anyway, I thought my mom would love it as a Christmas present because she's a cat person for sure. Anyway, uh, you got a score for that book, Josh? You know, I think it's adorable, and I and I is a free comic day book. Free comic book day book. Free comic book day book. Um, that's kind of a mouthful. Um, you know, I just want to give it a five. I don't give it a lot of fives, but I love kittens and I love cats and I love the way it's drawn and it's, it was free and it's like bringing people who don't normally comic books into something and it's like, it has so much potential. It's a fantastic book and like people are going to think we're ridiculous maybe. I don't know. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. <laughs> And if you don't like cats, then don't listen to this podcast because cats and kittens are adorable and amazing. Sure. And then that's all I got to say about that. Like, I very rarely, like, give, like, a grid. Oh, well, okay, we talk a lot about opinions. But when it comes to, like, <laughs> saying to, to do or to not listen to this, like, it's adorable. And it's so good. And, like, the writing is cool. And the way that they do it with, like, they do the cat noises, but also the translation at the same time. So good. Right. Fantastic. Yeah, it is a really, really fun book. And as far as, like, a free comic day book, yeah, it doesn't change the world, but at the same time, it, it makes you feel happy inside after you read it, because it's, it's just so cute. And, like, if you hate cats, you're not going to like it. <laughs> like, at all. You, you how, would you, how would you hate cats, though? Like, I mean, there's some Especially people, if they're that adorable. I know. And I have a 17-year-old cat, and I have, and she was 16 and a half when I got Captain, and Captain isn't a jerk and he's a maniac and he just wants to play with Leroy the same way. Yeah. And he's just gotten bigger now and so now when he tries to play with her, he's just he seems mean, but he's not. He's still just he does the same thing with Lucy. And Lucy's right. my dog. And like he just wants to play and everyone's like, Oh my gosh, what's going on? 
And he just, I think he thinks he's a dog, but that's what's, cause he, the, he does behave like one. Cause Leroy doesn't teach him anything about being a cat. <laughs> so he's like, I guess I'm one of these things. Cause like, and it's, just, it just kind of just, and I know you told me this earlier in the week, you're like, once you read it, you'll get it. And I do, like, you're right. Yeah. I, I totally get it. It was, it was really good. It was fantastic. Like, I'm glad. I mean, we've, we've gone through quite a few of the free comic book day books and like, there's been some good ones, you know, but, right. But this one was really, really good. Yeah. I'm with you. It's it's a really fun it's a really fun read. It's a it's a cute little book for sure. If you know cat people, Christmas present hundred percent. Fantastic. Very fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Um so we'll move on to the uh Rise of Ultraman. Uh this is from Marvel Comics. And I know you say Ultraman seriously? And I'm like, yep, the seventies T V show? Car- that wasn't a cartoon, it was like Power Rangers but not Power Rangers. And I say yes. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Um <laughs> as a thing, uh, this guy is uh, written by uh, Kyle Higgins and Matt Groom. And there's a couple different backup things inside of it. So there's the main story, uh, which the art is by Francisco Mana, which is fantastic. And the uh, backup story is called uh, Ultra Q. So it has its own title. The first one's just Ultraman. And it's the same writers, but the artist on it is uh, Michael Cho. Still good. It's supposed to be uh, more like 50s time frame. So his style of art really lends to that. He does a lot of variant covers and stuff too. So, and there's a batch of like, like crazy teach you lessons type things. And, uh, the art and that is done by, uh, I'm going to try to say this. Gershina, Gershinru. That's, uh, G-U-S-I-H-I-R-U. So I, hopefully I didn't butcher that too bad. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm sure it was terrible. Yeah, um, that's good. Anyway, so the book first opens up, and uh, it's 1966, and we have a, uh, a, a a thing heading towards Earth, and it looks, I don't know, it looks like a crazy meteor, and uh, it's about to enter Earth's atmosphere, and we have a guy in a, pi- a pilot in, in a little test plane, well, not a test plane, it's like a ship, but it's a small ship, and he's flying out to try to, to try to see what this thing is and catch up to it, and it's a... Uh, he, he's getting mission, messages from Mission Control. They're like, have you caught up to it? You should be able to see it. And he's like, are you sure these are the right coordinates? I don't see anything. And about that time, the giant thing hits his ship and uh, destroys it. And we cut from the ship exploding to him laying on the ground, like, groaning. And he's, I mean, he's kind of ripped up, but he's not, like, dead dead. And then from there, he's enveloped in a crazy bright light, and this crazy alien writing happens... And we see, like, an outline of what looks like an Ultraman. I mean, the face isn't quite right, but it's, that's what it is. And it, like, envelops him and sucks him, sucks him into it, and it all vanishes in a giant crazy flash of light. And then we cut from there directly to his city scene. It is now 2020, so this crazy year. And we're driving through traffic, um, either in, it doesn't really tell us where we are in this particular scene, but, we're driving uh, somewhere in somewhere in Asia, and uh, we've got a girl who's in the back seat and taking doing text messages with uh, with some dude she's supposed to have a date with, and the taxi driver is just asking her questions as they're driving, and she keeps telling him like, uh, "Oh, she's just late for work and trying to hurry to get to work, and oh, her, her job's so boring, but she's always so busy at work." And the guy on the phone is trying to make a date with her. Anyway, eventually the uh, the cab driver gets her to work and he drops her off. He's like, "Hey, you got minutes to spare. You'll be able to get in on time." She's like, "Oh, thank you so much." Um, 
it'll be it'll be a great great day at her accounting firm or whatever. She, I can't remember what she says her job is, but she says she says what it is. It's some boring like you shouldn't it shouldn't matter if you're late kind of job, you know. Right. Anyway, so we turn from there and she goes inside the building. And she sends a message that tells him the guy on the phone that she just doesn't think she can make it tonight. She's going to be too busy. So she's really sorry and could we try for another time and things are so crazy at work and I mean she's telling him on the phone that her job is this boring job that somehow she's super busy. Anyway, so she goes to the door and on the inside we see this crazy like tree like fountain thing that's very fancy and as she walks through the middle of the fountain where the waterfall is it turns out to be a, a hologram and the doorway to where she's really going is behind the waterfall. So it's very mysterious. And as she walks through the uh, the hollow projection, it tells, uh, Clearance granted. Welcome, Cadet Fuji. And on the inside, we see this crazy-like space command, and there's this giant statue of the dude we saw enveloped in light earlier. And it's the memorial to, uh, to him is in the middle of the building. And there's all these guys running around, like, basically space uniforms. Uh... That's the easiest way I can describe it. And uh, she meets her commander, and she's real excited about wanting to try to study these particular guns, and she has some new ideas about how they might work, and he tells her, ah, you just need to stay in your place, cadet. Everyone has their place and their purpose. And she's like, ah, but I have all these ideas. And he's like, yeah, um, you really just need to stay in your place. Don't go outside your lines, otherwise you might not be part of the system anymore. And so she just, like, reluctantly goes off to meet uh, the, the commander that's in charge of her. And, uh, this when she when she finally bumps into him, he's in the gun room anyway, angry that his pistol isn't firing correctly, <laughs> and he wants her to try to fix it. And she's like, "This is just what I was asking the captain about. Like, uh, what? Why am I, I? I don't understand these things work at all. And now you want me to fix it? He's like, "You don't understand. You have to fix it now. We have to get back out there." And uh, Captain Marimatsu, Marimatsu, that's what it is. It's a lot of Japanese names. It is so. <clears throat> anyway, Captain Miramatsu. You might mis- be mispronouncing it. Yeah, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be fine. Um, anyway, she's like, yeah, yeah I, can, I can help you. I'll, I'll try to work on your gun. And so he's, she's in there trying to fix it. He's like, uh, well, you, we have to study these K-rays more. And he's like, yeah, that's not really your job right now. You need to make the thing work. They, the guns are called K-rays. And he hands it to her, and he says, you're going to have to come with me in the field. Um, like, this thing can't be breaking while I'm in the field. So if, if we if it breaks in the field, you're going to have to fix it for me. She's like, uh, what do you mean in the field? He's like, well, you want to get out of the building, don't you? And she's like, uh, yeah, super excited to go. And But she's basically going as a repair person for his gun if it breaks, which is crazy. It's so, like, it's just, it's funny. Anyway, so they take off in the jet, and uh, they, they, they're coming out on a mission because they run into a, a kaiju. And uh, they're trying to figure out a way to. Do they call them kaiju's? In they do. Oh, cool. To uh, I don't, to, I don't, I, I mean, I read it, but I was like, I don't remember. I was. They do thing. mostly in the little quips that teach you about kaiju. Uh, okay. Like in this part of the story, I don't. I think they call them by. They call this thing by its name, whatever name they've given it. But in the uh, the breakdown pieces, that get crazy. Uh, they're like the step kaiju steps to teach you how to behave around a kaiju as if it was a public service announcement. Or like the old uh, duck and cover yeah. during nuclear attack kind of things, because it's kind of silly what they do, but just like duck and cover used to be. That's not going to protect you from a nuclear bomb, but that's how they taught kids in the 50s. Anyway, so they meet a whole team of people there, and he tells this group where to go, and 
they're going to enter the other side. And so they get inside this warehouse. And inside the warehouse, there's all these, like, crazy carcasses hanging. Like, like it's a meat locker or something. And he asks her, is there anything you see that's weird? And she's like, well, yeah, all these ribs are cracked open and there's these giant spikes coming through them, like metal spikes. He's like, yeah, you got to pay real close attention. Some of these tell you what kind of monster you're looking for. And uh, about that time, we hear a crazy noise and look up in the rafters and there's this giant, like, lizard-looking kaiju monster thing hanging from the rafters, just hissing at him. And he shoots at it with his K-Ray. And of course, it, 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 he, he hits it, but it doesn't seem to do much. And the thing swings at him, knocks his gun away, cuts his arm open all crazy. And that leads her to use her ray. And so she zaps it, and it it stuns it, sends it flying backwards. And she's like, oh my god, these guns are so powerful. Because her gun's like, think men in black when the noisy cricket was given to Agent J. And he looks at it and is like, this is a dumb gun. But it sends him flying across the room. Similar idea, because it shoots out a giant, crazy electric like lightning bolt. And she's shocked by the gun and, like, looks at it all crazy. And her captain's like, you can't take your eyes off the monster, and freaks out. And she turns to it, and, of course, now it's about to take her out. And from out of nowhere, another ray flies across the room and basically melts the thing. Like, flashes of light, and then it's gone. And then we meet another, our second main character. Because it seems to me that these two are going to be the main two. Fuji and uh, the uh, the new guy is Shin. And Shin's just a dude wearing, like, a aviator jacket, and he's carrying what looks to be a homemade version of these K-guns, all tattered together with tape and different chunks of metal. He's like, hey guys, uh, good thing I was here to save you. And the captain's super pissed that he's there, and she's like, you can't be here, you, you, you're not part of the system, you can't be here at all. And uh, he's like, well, if I wasn't here at all, you would have been eaten. And she's like, oh, I mean, that's kind of true. And then uh, the captain gets on and he's like, how did you even know where we were? He's like, well, well, I built this device to help find these kaijus and track where they're at. And he's like, we took that away from you. He's like, oh, I built another one. And so he takes that one away again. He's like, I guess I'll build another one. And he basically tells him that you got to get out of here. And uh, he asks her, well, are we going to have our date tonight? And she's like, oh, okay, fine. And so we cut from there to the two of them at dinner. And of course, we find out during the dinner, lots of conversation, but... We basically find out the short, narrow part of it is that the both of them applied for this same company to work for the same organization. She got in, he didn't. So he didn't pass the test or whatever, and she managed to pass the test. So book smarts, she's got him. Street smarts, he's got him. Anyway, as he's talking to her, he's like, he's kind of upset about it. And as they go over it, like, of course, she lashes out at him a little bit because he's jealous that she got in. And she feels like she deserves to get in because, you know, she's smarty pants. Anyway, uh, by the end of the dinner, they both decide that, oh, well, when we hang out, we won't talk about this anymore. We still want to be friends. We still want to, you know, look after each other or whatever. So we just won't talk about it anymore. And he's like, okay, well, let me drive you home. So we cut from there to another one of these glowing, giant, meteor-looking things entering the atmosphere. And uh, a cannon pops up out of this bunker-looking house. It's like a hidden cannon. Shoots it. And uh, we cut from there to the two of them driving home. And she starts getting a crazy alert from her phone that she has to be at a site right now because everything's going crazy. So a distress call type. And so she looks at him and she's like, you remember how I told you you couldn't go to all these scenes anymore? Can you drive me to this scene? And he's like, huh, okay. And off they tear through the streets to get to the mission spot she's supposed to be at. Um, we cut from them driving really crazy to get to the spot out in the middle of what looks like the forest. 
And of course, the commander's there, and he's super pissed that here's Shin again. She's like, well, you don't understand. Like, the emergency was an emergency distress, and I don't have a car, and I was with him, and I don't have a car. So, uh, he's like, fine, get your gun, you're gonna have to come with us, Shin. Because his hand's all bandaged up in this crazy cast because he got cut up real bad by the last kaiju. So he reluctantly takes him with to help. Now, at this point, there's only the three of them. And he says that there there's more backup supposed to be coming, but they have to make sure the thing's dead. I'm like, what do you mean the thing's dead? He's like, well, you'll see in a minute. So they come through this wooded forest, and we find this giant glowing orb. And the giant glowing orb, it basically looks like the meteor that hit before that crashed into the plane, but this one's got a different kind of tint to it. And uh, as they're trying to study it, he hands his gun to Shin and says, Shin, you're going to have to take this, because if someone needs to shoot this thing, she's a terrible shot, and I can't do it with my hand. And so Shin walks up to the, the orb, and he's like, you got to kill it. You, ha- you have to kill it. Shoot it, because if it's still alive, it's dangerous. So Shin walks up as if he's going to take a shot at it, and the whole time, he's kind of looking at the bubble really weird. And as he gets closer to it, it, that same writing we saw before, the crazy alien writing, starts just talking, and he's like, I can hear it in my head. Shin says that. I can hear it in my head. It, it's... It it feels pain and it's sorry. I it's it I can't shoot it. I don't I don't want to shoot it. I I can understand it. And uh, of course the captain's like, you have to shoot it. You have to shoot it now. You have to shoot it now. He's like, no, it doesn't want it doesn't want that. It doesn't want it wants help. And uh, as the commander yells at him, eventually the commander yells, if you if you want to get in, you'll shoot it. If you shoot it, you'll be in the you'll be in the organization. And so Shen shoots it, and the process of the lightning hitting it. It crumbles over, holding its chest, and uh, we see uh, Fuji yell, like, look, it's hurting. It, it's hurting. Look at its eyes. It's hurting. Whereas the monsters, the crazy monsters trying to eat you. And so Shin stops, and he's like, we shouldn't We shouldn't have done it. I, I, I didn't mean to. Oh, God, I'm really sorry. And he reaches forward, and we see the thing, and this is clearly Ultraman, reaching out its giant hand towards little Shen, normal human size, and uh, their fingers touch very E.T.-like, and all of a sudden there's a burst of light, and uh, Fuji yells Shen and, like, reaches out towards where he was. And that's basically where things cut, um, to be continued. So, next step, chapter-wise, I'm assuming it means that Shen is going to wind up being Ultraman, because that's what makes the most sense. Um... As far as the first half of the story, I mean, the art's really cool. It moves really good. It's a, uh, it's 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 a cool, it's a fun, it's a cool read, and I, I do like Super Sentai stuff. So maybe I'm a little more predisposed to this book, but uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, so the next thing we come to in the book is a uh, is a crazy page that's called the Kaiju Steps, and it's got like a theme song and a little guy dressed up in a crazy. <laughs> what looks like homemade kaiju costume and one of the officers and the officer's in there cooking his food on a, on a hot plate and the thing's like, oh, what, what do you need to learn about your kaiju steps? What do you have to be careful about? And he's like, oh, well, you always have to be careful when you're dealing with ones with fire. Make sure you have a, a ray that causes ice. And then the thing's like, oh, but not when you're cooking because if you have one that causes fire when you're cooking, it'll cook a lot easier. So it's like this silly kind of like funny learn lessons like G.I. Joe old school don't jump over the power lines kids because it's stupid kind of thing not nearly as serious as the G.I. Joe's were but 
as a thing, it's, it's pretty funny. Um, that cuts to the next story, which is, uh, the Ultra Q. This is the one that takes place in 1954. And we have two agents out, um, in France in the process of trying to track down this kaiju that got away. And, uh, as they're going around using the little, their tools to try to figure out where it's at and locate it, um, eventually they come across these three other people, two Frenchmen and a woman. And, uh, the guy, one of the guys is like, hey, you guys shouldn't be down here. And she turns to the dude and kisses him on the mouth. And the lady's like, oh, they're just a couple out here trying to enjoy the night, the evening air. You guys really shouldn't be down here, but, uh, leave, leave them alone. It's fine. And so, uh, off they go. And about that time, she pulls away from him and she's like, here's some more marks for the kaiju. And we see like a giant cut in the wall. And so, uh, she's like, we must be hot on the trail. And there's, there's a lot more dialogue than what I'm giving you, but, you know. Anyway, so as we're calling around through these different, like, tunnels, we come across this crazy, what looks like a, an aerosol can up on the wall, like a giant, like a giant spray type one, and a bunch of cables hanging out of it, and he's like, oh, this thing's empty. I wonder what this thing was for. Like, why is this down here? And about that time, they locate the next kaiju. And this kaiju, like, the way it's drawn is very, like, Godzilla from the original Godzilla movies. Like, it doesn't, it's got a bunch of teeth, but, like, the rubber suit, that's kind of what it looks like. So it's, it's awesome. Anyway, our main uh, agent, she pulls out this crazy, like, lightning sword and starts fighting the thing. And uh, as she's fighting it, she hits it a few times and kind of disables it and tells the other dude, yeah, catch it, with the, catch it with the net. So he shoots out this crazy, like, I don't know, electric, electric charged net that uh, wraps the thing up. And she's getting ready to finish him off. And about that time... The three French folks show up, and they're they're all like, "Oh, looks like you're not honeymooners after all," and that kind of distracts them for a second. And the kaiju blows fire at the French folks, and it escapes from the, the net, and it takes off and gets away. And it, I mean, she stabs it one more time, and it falls into the uh, like to the uh, the abyss. No, uh, uh, it's the the causeways, the like river causeways, and she dives in after initially, and then eventually she comes up and. They pull her up, and she's like, yeah, I got away. The current's too strong. I wasn't able to wasn't able to stop it. We're going to have to try to track it some other way. And so at this point, they all are talking to each other now. The the French, the, the three French people, the lady and the two men, and our, our, two, uh, our two operatives. And they're like, it looks like we're all hunting the same thing. And they explain to them the aerosol cans were to help slow it down. And she said, oh, she tells them, oh, it did seem like it was moving sluggishly. Like it was easier for me to use my sword on it than not. And... The one guy says, you know, we really should try working together with this. Maybe build an organization where we can all communicate together. Maybe we should have some dinner and talk about that, because clearly this thing's got away from both of us. So uh, maybe we should try to see uh, about either, each other's techniques. So he convinces them to come eat with him, and the, the woman in the group says, oh, I'm going to stay and take some more samples. You guys go ahead. And so they, the, the four of them, or the, yeah, the four of them leave, and she stays behind. Well, as she's wandering through the catacombs by herself, all of a sudden we hear this other voice, and we get a message played from her by somebody that's just like the outline of a person in light. And uh, it tells her, you do realize that they can't learn of, of any of this. It might be better if the organizations unite, because it'll be easier to infiltrate them from the inside if there's just one group. And so he basically tells her that if they can get all the different factions of the world to work together it'll be easier to take them over. It's a very Hydra kind of thing. Once you're inside, you can easily control all of them if they're all one group. And uh, we wind up finding out that one of the fellows didn't leave. So our guy from, from Hong Kong, 
he he felt bad leaving her by herself, so he decided to go back. And he catches her talking to the voice and sees her eyes are all crazy like spinny. And she basically blasts him with her with her eyes and kills him. And that's kind of where that one wraps up. So uh whatever she is, however she's connected to the kaiju and this other entity that she was seeing through the crazy like visions from her eyes is it's just it's wild. Very uh, sci-fi 1950s. After that, we cut to another kaiju steps, and uh, we join our same operative again, and he's being followed by the crazy little red kaiju-looking giant smile thing. And uh, the, mis- the mission of this one is to uh, to know, make sure to know the difference between a dinosaur and a kaiju. Because <laughs> a dinosaur can look like a kaiju and not be a dinosaur. <laughs> so it's like a silly... I don't really think this one's that dangerous. And it breathes like this crazy gas at him. And he's like, what's, what's this thing you need to learn? That not all dinosaurs are dinosaurs. So just like funny little, like stupid duck and cover. So just silly. Anyway, um, that's basically the book wraps up. So we get two kaiju steps to teach you how to deal with kaiju. If you run into them in the wild, which everybody should take notes. Cause just in case you do run into a kaiju, you need to know what to do. Make sure to use your hot plate when you're fighting fire ones, and I guess they're not dinosaurs. Hilarious. Um, as far as like a a book, it was a pretty fun read. Like uh, it had a whole slew of covers. This particular cover, working with the Scotty Young cover, so it's super cute. Uh, the normal cover is also awesome. It's very uh, very Japanese Super Sentai action. Like it's kind of Alex Rossi actually. It's painted, so it looks so great. Um, but yeah, the uh. The story's fun, and, like, I remember the show being around as a kid. I never really watched it, though, but I remember it being a thing. So I, I guess it just depends on where you were at or what time frame you are Right. Me too. Whether whether it's something you pay attention to or not. It, change, it changes art through the whole thing. Well, yeah, there's three there's three separate stories if you count the kaiju steps as their own thing. But it definitely, like, changes, like, drastically, which is really, really cool, because they're all three different, different oh, yeah. neat things. Well, the 1950s art is uh, the one that's by Michael Cho, and it's uh, got the, like, kind of green and dark gray tones to it. And it's, it it's, just gray, like a, it's just grayscale. Yeah. It, it feels like a 1950s movie, like black and but white. It's almost, but it's, it does the red like Sin City does, but don't. It's not Sin City by no. any means. It's just like, but no, like, totally like Sin City does, like with the black and white, but then it has like whatever the, the, red, the reds stuff. are in there. Yeah. And stuff like. So it's got a it's got a limited color palette, but like think about like a 1950s black and white movie. But the main story, though, art the art is really really good. Yeah, like it's fantastic. Like it's it's that mix. It's like. That smooth, cartoony, but like the realness, like Humbert or almost, almost like very. It's got some wildness in there, like him. Yeah, it's, it's definitely an American manga hybrid. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a hybrid, but it's like it's that flow. It's that really good flow. Really liked. I mean, I liked the art a lot. Yeah, I don't know enough about Ultraman. Like when I was reading it, like it didn't entice me so much with something that was brand new to me. Like I know, I know who and what Ultraman is just from like like old TV show stuff. Right. But my thing with it is if I had no clue, it didn't give me it didn't give me this thing that I was like, oh my gosh, I really, really want to know more about this. Sure. So I only give it a three point seven five. Sure. But the art's really good and the story's good, but I kinda knew who Ultraman was before I started reading it. But if I didn't, it would be hard. It'd be hard to like be like, eh, it's okay. You know, that's kind of how I felt about it. Sure. 
I think it's more designed to appeal to people that are like, I love Godzilla. I love giant robots fighting right. monsters. Right. Like, if that's not your bag, then it's probably not going to land well with you, just because it's it's definitely that. It's definitely sci-fi giant monster fight, hundred um, percent. Score wise, yeah, I give it a four. I mean, it was. Right, I didn't realize Kyle Higgins re- wrote the whole thing until after I went well, I it didn't, up. I didn't know. Yeah, so all the the whole thing is him and that uh, and uh, Matt Groom. So the, even the kaiju stories, like the the sky, the kaiju, uh, what do they call it, kaiju steps. Like even the little silly, like here's what you do when you see a kaiju. All those pieces are written by the same two dudes. So they wrote the 1950s one, same writer. So like the whole group, the whole book's written by the same two dudes. Did just the different art for the different time frames and the uh, kaiju tips because they're because they're silly, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure it's not a dinosaur. <laughs> it's so funny, um, but yeah, I, I give it a four. It was a pretty fun read, and but I, I'm also like I said earlier, I'm pretty I'm predisposed to some of this type of stuff. I mean, was the Doratri music and you know, Space Sheriff Gavin, so fantastic. Um, but yeah. I, I give it a four. It was a pretty fun read. It's a mini series, also, so I want to say it's only a five part. I think, if I remember right, so not super long. It'd be interesting to see where it lands afterwards. I mean, it was still crazy to me that this is a Marvel book, simply because the, I don't remember the character ever being connected anywhere. Essentially, else. the Marvel got the, the rights for that, right? Which is pretty cool. So I, I don't know. I guess we'll see what else comes from it. I mean, they're kind of picking up a lot of stuff, man. Like they got Conan now and. Aliens and Predators, so, like, yeah, it's oh. crazy. Um, anyway, so, after books, uh, what'd you learn today, Josh? That your mom likes kittens. You didn't know that already? Huh. No. I mean, man. I think your mom was everything, but, like, kittens specifically enough that you she wants a comic book about kittens? I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call it a regular comic book. Uh, it's pretty much a regular comic book. Ah, I, you know, I do actually remember that she loves her Archie, so. That's true. This would make sense. Right. That day, that's true. Uh, what did I learn today, Josh? The sun rises in the east and sets in the west? No, that's a normal thing. Everybody knows that. You don't, because you don't get up before or after the sun goes up or down. I'm usually... It's just already up. I'm usually awake when it goes... I'm, I'm usually awake the entire time. It's just already up when you wake up. Well, I mean, in the... And it's already goes, down when you come out of the comic book store. Oh, that would be true. So do you know which direction it goes? Well, east to west, yeah. Because I just told you. <laughs> Could be that I'm a speciesist. That's what I would have gone with if I were you. I don't know. Because <laughs> I, I can't tell the difference between these aliens like at all. Right. It's the worst part. Books See, to watch? Yeah, books to watch. You got anything over there? So G.I. Joe is doing a new series called Untold Tales. It's going to be kind of like special missions used to be in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s. And actually even into the 2010s because... uh. IDW did a couple it's of Well, Devil's Do, then mm-hmm. I don't know if IDW ever did it. But I think they called I, De- something different. Devil's yeah, Do Devil's did, Do for did. sure. Mm-hmm. And then also they're doing the, uh, they used to do like the G.I. Joe yearbook. Um, they do random things, but they're, good. they're doing the real G.I. Joe Real American yearbook. They're bringing that back, which is really, really cool. Um, also, a couple of things to watch. This isn't comic books, but um, because we're basically the flagship to action figure deconstruction. Um, they did officially show images of um, the Star Wars Black Series, the armor figure, which looks really, really cool. She has removable fur. Um, I can't wait to get our hands on that so we can review her and deconstruct it. Also, um, the Beskar armor, 
Mandalorian officially comes with the air crib for your baby Yoda that you can only get by itself. That's awesome. It's the Black Series. So if everybody's wondering why Baby Yoda didn't come with the air crib, it's because it's going to come with the Beskar armor of the Mandalorian. So there you go. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So an expansion pack piece. That's cool. Um, as far as like other book stuff, um, I mean, we only find them when they're dead. Fantastic. Second print of it's supposed to come out here in about two weeks. Um, it is getting a third printing already because of its popularity after the fact. So, uh, the second prints we're getting are already reserved for people at the store. Uh, if you're wanting a third print, uh, if you shop at our store, let me know. Cause, yeah, it is freaking awesome. Uh, so there's that. The, uh, Detective Comics number 1027 came out this week. I've read the first half of that and it's, it's good. Um, it is, same thing with anthology stories. So a whole batch of stories, but. Well, it's basically the 1000th issue with Batman. Of yeah. Batman. So it's a celebration issue. Yeah. It's kind of cheating because they already did 1,000, but and no. this will be the one with Batman. But this because this first appearance is Detective 27. Yep. So blah, blah, exactly. Blah, blah, That's blah. why. Hundred percent. Um, so like that guy would say, if you have, if you haven't picked it up, go and get it because it's it's good. Um, a lot of different covers, which is really cool because they were mostly orderable. I mean, there's a ton that are out there for individual stores, which, of course, those are going to be more or, chasing. Or independent artists. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. yeah, yeah. There's, just, there, God, there's so many. It's crazy. Um, so, anyway, I would say that book, just because, like I said, the first half of it's great. Um, I haven't finished it yet, but the names listed still are awesome. Is it, is it really big? Oh, yeah. It's a $10 book, but it's like 86 pages, I think, if I remember right. 80 plus. Damn. Yeah, it's a big book. Um, God, it might just be 80. I can't remember. But yeah, it feels like you're holding a full-on trade when you pick it up. It's it's big. Um, yeah. So that guy's awesome. Um, Thor number seven has some interesting stuff in it. I mean, like we were telling you earlier with the phone number. Yeah. Uh, so if you're not following Thor, I mean, at, at this point, God, issue one has at least three prints, maybe four. Issue two has at least th- four. Issue three has four. Uh, issue five, I want to say, is only on third print, but nevertheless, issue six is on second print, and I'm sure seven's going to go to second or third print too, because the thing is just so popular. Um, and the fourth prints, most of them have like Galactus on the cover, which is cool. Huh. Uh, the fourth print for issue four is Battery Bill and Thor facing off, because Battery Bill appears in the series. Freaking awesome. Would you love Battery Bill? Son? I do. He's great. We get him without his helmet on. It's awesome. So yeah, the current Thor is just killing it. And I, I'm just going to mention this in the next probably 10 episodes of any podcast thing that we do. Um, if you haven't already support it because Cobra Kai is on Netflix now and it was number one on Netflix's, um, whatever the, however they rate their stuff. It was their number one streaming show. Um, it's awesome. Oh yeah. hundred percent. You and me watched it years, like, oh yeah. A year and a half ago, we at finished least. at least the season two. So we've been, we were like well into this thing. Yeah. Like as soon as it, like the first trailer ever, you and me were in, in this thing and we uh, watched it and loved every second of it. So if you haven't already, Cobra Kai, it's on Netflix now. Netflix brought it over. Um, season three was going to start in, I think February 2021. I cool. do believe, um, which is amazing. So. Uh, stay t- like stay tuned for that because like support that because it's the first two scenes are great. Um, Zapka kills it. Oh yeah, dude's, the dude's the dude's actually really nice as a person. Like he's awesome. oh for sure. I've heard nothing but good things about him as a person 
but as an but even as like an actor, like in the whole in the whole show, like Ralph Macchio is kind of a bad actor, but but Jacob murders like oh, he yeah. he's so good, and so it makes up for that. He's so funny. He's so funny. And he's fantastic. He so is. anyway, I, I, I just, I'm just gonna shout that out every t- chance I get because I, sure. I love me some. Co- Did you see my new shirt that I got? Uh-uh. Oh, it's like it's like a cartoon version of Zabka walking away. Let's just strike hard, um, or strike first, like strike so hard, no Cobra Kai or whatever. Yeah, yeah. No mercy. It's just like him walking away, but it, like <laughs> it looks kind of like I don't know, like Ryu maybe, but it's like got the headband, but he's got like the leather jacket on. It's, got, yeah. it's a it's a pretty rad shirt. It's, it's one funny. of those one of those random sites that like. Sucker me into buying a T-shirt every single time. It's like, oh, this new T-shirt company. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Okay, I'll give you six dollars of my money for that shirt. That's awesome. So that's pretty funny. Yeah, like he was. Uh, it's the last comic book show in Colorado Springs. No, not the last one. Jeez, it really has been a minute since that show came out, huh? He was. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I met him there. He's he's, he's really cool for a dude from the '80s. It was awesome in the '80s and is awesome now. Yeah, he, I mean, like Josh said, it's, it's, uh, if you follow the show regularly, I think we probably talked about it back when it first was happening. So rewind a year and I'm sure you'll find us talking about it. But yeah, it is, uh, it is fantastic. And now Netflix has it a lot more accessible. Um, there's a music video to check out too. It does not directly connect, but I kind of feel like this thing might have given the fuel to it happening. No. That, that video that with him and, uh, Ralph Macchio on it. The uh, the no the, more kings the, the pop punk band no yeah dude I I I think people saw that and were like this is this needs to happen I can't be sure of that but regardless the video is awesome too no more kings squeak the leg it's the music video he's got a mustache and it. it's ridiculous anyhow and he wakes up like oh like, oh yeah you know. reliving the it's life. funny but it is funny this is way better oh yeah no as far as the show is concerned. Shows a hundred times better than the video, but the video is funny and cheeky, you know, Karate Kid stuff. Anyhow, uh, anything else, Josh? Socials? Socials. Um, obviously, top5comicspodcast.com. Everything that we talk about or have talked about on this, if you're confused and forgot about something, which we talk about a lot of things, everything that we talk about is on top5comicspodcast.com. There's links to Everything. True. Everything that we do. This podcast, um, never been, never done. been done podcast, action figure deconstruction, um, Scovillionaires, and your brother's video game walkthroughs, which is Ant Man 20, 2050. 2050. Mm-hmm. So all those things are on there. Also, action figure deconstruction on all platforms. Right. Um, Check that's it on YouTube. That's us doing stuff. Um, talking about breaking down action figures, unboxing, doing fun things. Um, we're, a few weeks behind. We have a bunch of stuff saved up. Um, things have been a little bit crazy. I know that's an excuse that we use regularly, but we have some really fun ones coming up. Um, we also have Never Been Done Podcast and all platforms. We also ha- have Top 5 Comics on well, Top 5 all. Comics po- Podcast, which you're listening to right now. So well, if you haven't subscribed, subscribe somewhere. Yeah, well, I'm a bit, but like a lot of people like could just listen to this and not subscribe. That's true. Um, also, our buddies at Scovillionaires, it's a hot sauce podcast or video thing that they do. Um, it's a YouTube video. Yeah, YouTube thing mm-hmm. that they're like less handsome and I mean, they do <laughs> stuff and they're whatever and they're neat and they're our friends and like they, I've actually guested on a couple, like a couple episodes. So it's actually pretty fun. If you like hot sauce, check that out. Scovillionaires, um, they just take a hot sauce and break it down and it's, um, sometimes it sucks. Like the second one that I've done, I, 
I've done one with them, which was my favorite hot sauce, which was Triple X from uh, Kateko. But the second one I did is the bomb, and it's terrible. It's like the worst thing I've ever put in my mouth. It's it's like battery acid and hurt and <laughs> the souls of the dead. It's terrible. Anyway, and then um, I am at Windle24. It's W-I-N-D-L-E 24 on Instagram and Josh 45, pretty much on everything else. Um, and you are at what? Top of Comic CBS for art oh, pictures, for com- arts and com- comics com- and pictures. And maybe some Zabka pictures if you can find them. Man, I don't. Maybe. I have to take a look and see what I have from that from that year. You have so many. And that's true. We need, we need to go through and start getting those posted because like, there's some fun things that would be cool to post. So we can figure that out. But I know you have a ton, but they're all in different like cards and oh, yeah. like that. But. Different flash drives, different formats of phone, different formats of camera. It's a crazy mess. I mean, there's about there's a bunch of them on there. I've been trying to do better with the, with the, this particular phone, but life's it's a crazy still, mess. It's still a thing. You know, I don't know if I actually have a you know, I have a signed picture by Zapka. I don't know if I actually have a, anything with him or not because we chit chatted, but I don't. I don't remember if I actually took it. I don't know if I got a picture with him or not. That's kind of sad. My brain feels like I didn't. It feels like I, I'm like, this picture's the one I want. Sign it, dude. Your show is great. And he's like, thanks. That's awesome. And then, I don't know. We, I don't know. We talked for like five or six minutes. Anyway, I think that's it. That's it. All right. Tiki? Nope. Oh, Love you. We even did a, we even did a, a super simple note. Yeah. Tiki? Tiki?